2014 Faith Forward podcast series. The following presentation was recorded live at the 2014 Faith Forward Gathering, which was held in Nashville, Tennessee. On May 19th through the 22nd of that year, hundreds of conversation partners from across the globe and spanning dozens of denominational traditions gathered to question, share, and be inspired to reimagine ministry with youth and children. This podcast episode features Archbishop Paul-André de Roche's presentation at this gathering, which he titled, Symbols, the Drum Kit of Life. Good morning. It's, it's wonderful to be here. Um, one of the things that attracted me about this was coming to Nashville. I've never been to Nashville, which is a great treat. And the other thing was that it's ecumenical. And, um, you know, as a Roman Catholic, uh, ecumenism is quite still very new for us. It was only 50 years ago. It'll be 50 years uh, this November that uh, the bishops of the Roman Catholic Church gathered in Rome for what was called the Second Vatican Council. Actually, you know, voted a document, and I think it was 2,504 and 11 against, so nearly unanimous, um, kind of throwing the whole Catholic Church into the ecumenical movement and inviting Catholics throughout the world to get involved with their, you know, uh, Orthodox and Anglican and Protestant brothers and sisters to, to grow together in, in the love of Jesus Christ. And, um, and so I started young. I, I started young. I, I remember my next-door neighbor, his name was Paul. And Now, I'm French-Canadian and Roman Catholic, and he was Anglophone and um, not Catholic. <laughs> and so he wasn't at church on Sundays. And one day I said to my mom, Mom, why, don't, why doesn't Paul come to church on Sundays? And she said, well, he's Protestant. And I said, oh. And, and I left it at that, and I didn't quite understand what it was. And Later that week, later that week, I'm with Paul, you know. I must have been about six or seven years old. I don't know. And, and Paul, well, you know how kids talk about anything, you know. And, and Paul said, I can't wait till I grow up and I'm an adult so that I can sleep in the raw like my folks do. And, 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 and me, not, not being English, you know, the, my mother, I didn't understand the expression in the raw. And I said, what, what, what does that mean? In the raw, what does that mean? He said, well, naked. And I said, no PJs? And he said, yeah, no PJs. Your father and mother don't wear PJs when they go to bed? And he says, no. And I said, oh, that's what a Protestant is. <laughs> now, I'm not going to reveal to you whether I sleep as a Protestant or as a Catholic. <laughs> But, but it is wonderful to be with all of you here from various uh, backgrounds. I, I've been asked to talk about um, symbolic ritual and, and to link it up with this, the, the, the metaphor of rhythm. I, I, I did a degree in music and uh, in music education, and uh, I, I specialized in high school music, but I did get, you know, my friends were in elementary, and they were doing the Kodai method, and they were doing things like, okay, let's, let's learn basic rhythms here, and, and so you guys are going to be the... Um, you know, what, what do they call that in English? Uh, half notes. And you go, toe, 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 toe. Can you do that for me? Toe, 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 toe. Great, stop. The, you guys are the quarter notes here. And you go, ta, 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 ta. And once more. Very good. Let's try it together. You, you do it on my cue, okay? Toe, 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 toe. 
ta, 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 ta. Oh, that's great. You guys are going to be the half, uh, the, the uh, eighth notes, you know? So, ti, 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 ti. Let's do these two groups together. Oh, that's wonderful, huh? Isn't that great? And you guys are going to, you know, really mess it up. We're going to give you triplets. So, triola, 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 try it. Triola, 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 triola. Let's do it with the toes. To, to, to. Keep it up. To, triola, 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 triola. Stop. Ti, ta, 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 ta. Triola, 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 ti, 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 ti. Let's do this together. Triola, 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 triola. Everybody together. Oh, that sounds so neat. And we all end with two, three, four, two. Oh, isn't that beautiful? Now, I want to suggest to you that um, ritual kind of acts like rhythm in our lives. Our lives are kind of made up of rituals, and we have little rituals that kind of go t t t t t t t t t t t, and we have kind of ritual, you know, larger rituals that go ta ta ta. Then we have occasional rituals that go to to to, and then we have little screwy rituals that kind of mix it all up and go triola 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 triola, and ritual is is basically kind of a repetitious set of actions that that kind of fit together and just, you know, most of us, for example, for a very basic example, have a ritual when we wake up in the morning. We usually do the same things in the same order every morning we get up, you know? Like, like, like I get up and uh, I put on sweatpants and a sweatshirt and I go up and I turn the coffee machine on and then I take my iPad and I download today's newspaper and I grab my coffee and I sit with my iPad. And I'm, I'm always, that's my morning ritual, you know? And then eventually I, I decide it's time to kind of get ready for the day now and I have to go shower. And even in the shower I have a ritual, you know? I, st I always start by shampooing. I don't know about you, I always start with shampoo. And once the head is clean, then I take, you know, a cloth and I have the same soap that I've been using for centuries. <laughs> and I always start with under the left armpit and the left arm. Before I move to the left arm, you know, everybody has rituals. And thank God we do. Because can you imagine if you didn't? You woke up in the morning and say, okay, what am I going to do now? Shall I... Should I put my top on first or my, my, I wonder which is important. What does God want me to do? I'd better pray on this. <laughs> Lord, I need to discern your will here. Can you show me, you know? <laughs> thank God for ritual. Thank God for ritual. And thank God for shared ritual. You know, there's shared ritual. 
Shared ritual, for example, here, who has a free right hand here? You've got a free right hand here. Oh, how did you know how to do that? Uh, huh? You know, like, we, we know this. And then what do we do? We, we, we go, no, yeah, and sometimes you go, you, you go, ask I. <laughs> so, so, so we have ritual, okay? Ritual, ritual is the rhythm that gives structure to our days. And then we have then we have rituals that don't come every day, you know, rituals that are going toe-toe and rituals. Birthday party, an annual ritual. Everybody knows how you do this. You get together and you have food. You can't have a birthday party if you don't have food. And then at the end of the meal, what do you do? You bring out a cake. And what's on the cake? Candles. And the candles are all lit. How many candles do you have? Well, it depends how old you are. <laughs> I'm turning 60 next week. I hope they don't put 60 candles on the cake. They'll probably put six, right? You know, but you have candles. And then what do you do? Don't blow out the candles. Make a wish. Then blow out the candles. We have these rituals. And rituals are so important. They're so important that they become the reality. They really structure the reality. Imagine if it's your birthday. And, and, and you get up in the morning and say, all right, it's my birthday, you know? And uh, let, let's say next week, I'm turning 60, and it's my 60th birthday. And I get up, and, you know, and I open my iPad, and I check my emails, and there's not a single happy birthday. I say, well, my Facebook, because my Facebook date is there, right? Huh? So I go to my Facebook account. I've got 2,500 friends now. I've never, you know, had so many friends in my life. And I've got 2,500, and let's say not one of them has sent me a happy birthday, PA. I said, well, what's going on here, right? And then I spend the rest of the day, and nobody's doing anything. Nobody's, I go to work, and none of the staff wish me happy birthday. I said, I know, they've decided to make a surprise birthday party tonight, you know, and so, and so I go home expecting that a whole bunch of people will be there, nobody's there. And then come to the evening, and it's time to go to bed. Oh my God, what would I do? I'd pull out my wallet and check my ID, you know? What's my birth date? And then look at the calendar. Is this real? See, if the ritual isn't there, the ritual makes it real. The ritual makes it real, particularly if it's symbolic ritual. Because here, symbolic ritual is ritual that carries depth of meaning with it. Birthday cake is symbolic ritual. Sharing the cake is symbolic ritual. Lighting candles, symbolic ritual. Blowing them out as something is going on, symbolic ritual. Because symbolism is something that speaks and has meaning to it. It speaks in a different way than language does. But it is a language in its own way and in its own right. So what happens with symbolic ritual? Symbolic ritual for me is kind of the, the enactment of what the words we're trying to say mean. And here I'd like to say something about, you know, the start of the Protestant Reformation. The, one of the problems within the church back at, in the Middle Ages, late Middle Ages, was people had grown so used to symbolic ritual, detached from Scripture, detached from the Word of God. Luther saw this, and Luther, being the good priest he was, felt that this was wrong. And so he challenged this. His challenge was rejected by the leaders of the church at that point. And he said, well, then I'm going to do my own thing. And that's how it all started. 
And the Catholic Church, unfortunately, instead of learning from it, said, well, you're wrong, and so we're going to stick with ritual, and the Protestants stuck with the word, and we both really impoverished each other. You know? Because, you see, the word is like melody. Rhythm is fun, but if you don't have melody, there's something missing in music. And how can you have melody if you don't have rhythm? You know, melodies are... Da, da, You know, you listen to that and go, you need rhythm. You know, you put the rhythm in it and the melody together, and that's the richness. And then in music, you also have timbre, and you have uh, a volume. Timbre and volume is like kind of what gives the richness to it, and I would suggest to you that's the ethical life. That's the commitment to the kingdom of justice, peace, and joy that Paul speaks about in his letter to the Romans. Building justice, peace, and joy around us along with the word and with rhythm, the symbolic ritual. That's the fullness of Christian life. You could speak about three dimensions. And so what I want to suggest to you is that whatever tradition you belong to, you need to pay attention to symbolic ritual as being part of the medium in which the bacterial growth of Christian life can flourish. And so how do we do this? What do we need to do? I think we need to be taking time to explore symbolic ritual with our young people, with our children. For churches that are liturgical in nature like mine is, we need to explore the meaning. Our, our, our our, our symbolic rituals are set down in our books, in our ritual books, we call them. But we need to explore that. You know, like, like Eucharist uses bread and wine. Well, what about bread? How many of our children have never made bread? They have no idea how bread is made. To make bread with them. To break bread. To go see how bread is made. To reflect on bread in the world, I think in our, today's world, we cannot celebrate Eucharist, which is around bread, without thinking of the fact that so many people do not have bread. What does it mean to break bread in a world which is lacking of food for so many? We need to be looking at this with our children and with our young people. We need to be going back to Scripture to looking at the meaning of bread for the Israelites. For the manna falling from heaven, what does this mean that God would send bread to his people in the middle of the desert? To Jesus multiplying the bread. To Jesus breaking bread. To Jesus with the disciples of Emmaus. They don't even know it's him sitting down, breaking bread. And in the breaking of the bread, they recognize him and, oh my God, he disappeared. What does that mean? What does that mean for us? What does it mean for us when we break bread? that we recognize him and he disappears at the same time. What does it mean for our lives then to go and be bread sharers in the world? This is what I mean by unpacking. For liturgical churches, we need to unpack that. And I would suggest that for non-liturgical churches, you need to get into it. <laughs> you need to discover it. You need to start working with it. And one of the riches, I think, of, of, uh, for all of us is to explore new rituals, new meanings. The other day, I was, uh, 
celebrating confirmation with a bunch of young adults. And in the ritual for confirmation in the Catholic Church, okay, there's a moment where you renew your baptismal promises. You, you profess the faith. You know, do you believe in God the Father? I believe. Do you believe in God the Son? I believe. Do you believe in God the Holy Spirit? I believe. But before you do that, you reject evil. Do you reject evil and everything that leads to sin, and you reject Satan, the prince of darkness? And you reject that. So this is the way it's done. Usually the bishop stands at the front. He says, do you reject? I reject. Do you reject? I reject. Do you reject? I reject. Do you believe? I believe. Do you believe? I believe. Do you believe? I believe. Good. Now I'm going to confirm you. Now, some churches have said, you know, this is a renewal of our baptism, and at our baptism in the Catholic Church, we hand somebody, this is a beautiful symbolic ritual, at the moment of baptism, after the person is baptized, we go to this big candle that's lit for the first time at Easter. Jesus Christ, the risen Lord Jesus, is the light of the world. And we take this little candle, light it to it, and we give it to the person. We say, receive the light of Christ, and keep that flame burning in your lives. Beautiful symbolic ritual. So what they do for confirmation is they decided... The organizers decided, let's give them all a little candle to remind them of their own baptisms, of this light of Christ shining. So we handed out all these little candles. Everybody has little candles. And you reject, you reject, you reject. Yes, yes, yes. Do you profess, do you profess, do you profess? Now, we've done this a number of times, different groups, and, and I find it's beautiful. But I felt that we needed to unpack this a bit more. And as I was standing there, you know there's a thing called the Holy Spirit? I, I think I think the Spirit kind of passed through there. She touched me with her breath, you know. And, and anyway, so, so I said, you've got your candles. I'm going to ask you to reject evil. You know what evil does? Evil kind of, of, kind of stops the light from shining. You want to place your hands in front of your candles? They all place their hands in front of their candles. I said, okay, I can't see any of your candles anymore. That's very good. Do you reject evil? I reject it. Do you reject sin? I reject sin. Do you reject Satan, the prince of darkness? I reject. I said, good. Now bring your hands down. Hold your candles high. And they all lifted their candles. Do you believe in God, the Father, creator of heaven and earth? I believe. It was powerful. It was powerful. Everybody was there that went, oh my God. You know? It's the word that is, in a sense, made flesh in this ritual. We unpacked it. Find new ways to unpack the ritual. And I think we need to do this with the young people. They, in their creativity, can help us discover new meanings to rituals. They can help us to find new ways of experiencing the rituals which are ours. Let's, you know, let's not be scared of it. Uh, St. Paul, at one point, there's a very strange passage in in, in, in Paul, where, where it's, is it in Acts? Or, you know, I'm not good at quoting Bibles and verses. I know the stories. Um, but, but, but there's one thing where Paul, he stops on the way to Jerusalem to shave his head because he had this vow that he had taken. You know, and you, you read this, and what, what is this, shaving your head because of a vow you've taken? It was a symbolic ritual. We're not clear exactly what the symbolic ritual was, but Paul used it. You know, Paul who had met the risen Lord Jesus was involved in symbolic ritual because it structures the human being. It structures the believer. Let's not be afraid of symbolic ritual. Let's get into it with our young people. Let's get into it with our children. Uh, th this is basically, in a nutshell, what, what I wanted to speak to you about, that rhythm, 
the rhythm of life, the rhythm of the Christian life, that whatever symbolic ritual we can use, explore, exploit with our children, will give them that rhythm that will make up their days, that will make up their weeks and their, their years and their lives as they journey with Christ. Thank you very much. God bless you. The contents of this podcast episode are reproduced by permission of the presenter and Faith Forward under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivations Copyright. The Faith Forward podcasts are produced by Dave Sinis. Stay tuned for more episodes of the 2014 Faith Forward podcast series on the web at faith-forward.net. And join us in Chicago for the 2015 Faith Forward gathering April 20th through 23rd.